think I might go wade in the water a little bit this afternoon myself. I think. Good morning, everyone. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is good to be in the house of the Lord on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, good to be able to worship together. Our scripture for today comes from the gospel according to John. We are in chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. Jesus said, I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in this hurry-scurry world, we ask that you will give us peace. Peace in this moment, peace in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My favorite comic strip of all time, I mean of all time, is about this little six-year-old boy named Calvin and his stuffed tiger and best friend named Hobbes that he thinks can talk to him. It hasn't run in the papers for many years, but I bought all the book collections and gave them to my children so that I've been able to share the comic strip with them. And there's one strip where Calvin and Hobbes are up early in the morning, they come marching into the living room and they see Calvin's mom who's sipping on a cup of coffee in her favorite chair. She looks up at young Calvin and she's amused and amazed by what he is wearing on this particular day. You see, Calvin's head is encased in a large space helmet. On, around his neck is a cape that is flowing down his back and dragging along on the floor. One hand is holding a flashlight, the other is holding a baseball bat. What's up today, asks his mom. Nothing so far, says Calvin. So far, she questions. Well, you never know, Calvin said. Something could come up. Calvin marches off and says, and if anything does, by golly, I'm going to be ready for it. Calvin's mom looks out at the reading audience and says, I wish I had a suit like that. That's the way many of us feel, right? When we see the news, we deal with life. Sometimes this world seems quite violent. It appears that people are at each other's throats. A suit like that would help, I think. We could say along with Calvin, whatever comes my way, I'm going to be ready for it, so bring it on, right? Well, I don't have a suit like Calvin's to give you this morning. But I do have a word for you from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word is peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. We all need peace. But what exactly is peace? Is peace just an absence of any trouble and any problem? Is peace just an atmosphere of quietness and serenity? The world seems to define it that way. It has to do with our surroundings. 
If you were out on your paddleboard early in the morning and there was no wind or waves, no boats coming by, would that be peaceful? It probably would be for most people. It wouldn't be for me. I'd be trying so hard just to stay on. But it looks peaceful. My point is that if peace is the absence of any noise or problem or trouble, then peace is simply a product of our surroundings. Yet, let's look at what Jesus says here, because this is not what true peace is all about. Because there's a defining phrase in his statement, one that tells us what kind of peace it is that he's giving us. Listen to it again and see if you can pick it out, all right? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. The defining phrase is not as the world gives. You see how that defines God's peace? The world promises peace through the rule of law and order, and it's maintained through force. That's the only way that the world can bring about peace. But here's how Jesus will give you peace. If you obey his word, he and the Father will come to you and make a home within you, right inside your heart. Not by force, but by choice. It will abide in your heart, bringing you peace. The world's peace is a peace that comes through strength. The Lord's peace is a peace that comes through surrender. Well, the movie Aladdin came out again uh, this weekend. Anybody seen it already? Nobody. Okay, great. Um, this time, it's a live-action film uh, starring Will Smith as the genie, as opposed to the original, which was animated and uh, had the voice talents of Robin Williams. I haven't seen it either. I'll surely get around to it. If you don't know the premise to the movie Aladdin, it's about a poor street boy who finds a magical lamp, and when he rubs it, a genie comes out and gives him three wishes. Which makes me wonder, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? That might be a fun conversation at lunch, right? What would you wish for if you had three wishes? I'm sure everyone would have something very specific to them, but what would be the most common answer if we asked everybody in the world? If you could have any wish, what would it be? World peace, right? Right? Like that scene in Miss Congeniality where every beauty pageant contestant except Sandra Bullock says that that's what society needs most, world peace, right? If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's very funny. Um, but peace is serious, and it's important. Jesus makes a point to tell his disciples that he's going to leave them with peace. And when he comes back from the dead, what does he tell his disciples as they're gathered in the upper room? He says, peace be with you. Peace is a vital part of our faith. Let's look a little closer at what Jesus means by peace and what he doesn't mean by peace. You see, Jesus makes a big point of contrasting his peace with the world's peace. So what kind of peace is that? What did he have in mind? Well, I think Jesus knows his history, right? Any Jew during Jesus' time could rattle off all the battles and skirmishes of their history against the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Ammonites, Amalekites, Moabites, Jebusites, Amorites, Mosquitoites, and the Philistines. <laughs> Any Jew would also know the devastating conflicts with Assyria and Babylon and how the people were led into exile for many years. 
And if history wasn't enough, every time a Jew stepped outside his or her door, they'd be reminded that they were conquered by the Romans. There's a peace that the world gives. And to the Jews, they had not experienced that peace for a very, very long time. They understood how fleeting peace was. And to make this picture complete, Israel's not known a whole lot of peace since that time either. So for hundreds, even thousands of years, they have looked for a place of rest. And so have we. From the Revolutionary War to the War on Terror, unrest has marked our nation. Memorial Day serves as a reminder that people have lost their lives in the fight to give us peace. Peace, Jesus said. I leave with you. Peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. You can read between the lines here of Jesus' words. This new covenant is not a covenant about our land. It is a covenant of his blood. It is not a covenant of nation building. It is a covenant of relation building. He's telling his disciples, you will no longer live on land. You will live on love. You will no longer work for nation. You will work for neighbor. You will no longer live under the law. You will live under grace. You will no longer act out of fear. You will serve out of joy. To leave them with anything else would doom them to the mistakes of their past. So Jesus has got to do something different here. He's got to reshape their lives so that they put God first above anything else. Their theology is no longer about their race or their nation. It is now tied to Christ and through him to the Father. And this is radical stuff. It did not sit well with everybody. There were people who were very much attracted to Jesus' message, and there were people that wanted to kill him for this message. So the world offers us political peace, but it also tries to offer us personal peace, a very deep personal peace we search for inside our souls. The late advice columnist Ann Landers used to receive something close to 10,000 letters a month. Can you imagine? 10,000. When asked what was the most common topic that came her way, she answered that most people seemed to be afraid of something. They were afraid of losing their health, their job, their family. They were also afraid of upsetting their neighbor or alienating a friend, committing some social faux pas. Many are even afraid where there's no reason to be afraid. We humans are just a fearful people. No wonder Jesus needed to give the disciples peace. These poor guys were about to face the greatest shock of their lives. Jesus was going to be arrested and crucified. Their master for the past three years was going to be taken away from them by force. They were going to be left on their own for the first time without a leader, without a teacher, without a guide, without the one that they have depended on for the last three years. Disciples need to know that absolutely nothing has gotten out of control because everything's going to look like a defeat to them. Judas managed to betray Jesus. The soldiers arrested Jesus without much of a fight. The people, they had Jesus killed. Circumstances tell the disciples that following him for the past three years has resulted in failure. They need to understand, and we need to understand, that nothing has really gone wrong in the eyes of the Lord. 
Everything was in God's plan, and everything is still in God's control. Worldly peace, whether political or personal, is hard to come by. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but we all know every time we get up in the morning and we turn on the news or we call a family friend, whatever, that that kind of peace is temporary at best. Then there's the peace the Lord gives. I recall the story of the little girl who, when trains were popular transportation, was taking her very first train ride. As night descended on the train, her mother took the girl, who was clearly very anxious, and put her up on the, the top bunk there in the sleeper car, and she told her little one that, well, by being up there, she'd be closer to God, and he could watch over her. As silence enveloped the night, the young lady became afraid up there all alone, and she called out softly, Mommy, are you there? Yes, dear, came the response. A little later, in a louder voice, the child asked, Daddy, are you there too? Yes, dear, came the reply. After this had been repeated several times, one of the passengers sharing the sleeping car finally lost his patience and shouted out, yes, we're all here, your father, your mother, your brother, all your aunts and cousins, now settle down and go to sleep. After another moment of silence, the child whispered, Mommy, was that God? You may be someone who has had little doubt about God's presence in your life. You may be someone who has felt comfort from God your entire life. You may be well acquainted with peace. And if so, you're one of the few. For most people live in fear. They fear the darkness. They fear the light. They fear the day. They fear the night. They fear people, they fear the law, they fear family, friends, enemies, life, death. I know people who fear life after death. You name it, fear is all around us. So Jesus made it clear to his disciples that he wanted them to have peace and that he would leave that peace with them. So how do we receive it? How do we get it? Jesus is really straightforward. You have to trust and obey, just like the song says. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Those who obey his word will receive his peace. You see, peace is not a product of our circumstances. It is a product of our God. It is a gift, not something we earn by hard work. It's something we learn to let go and let God. But since we can't depend on the circumstances and we can't depend on ourselves, our only option is to turn to God and take the peace we need from him. Leave your burdens with him. Do not be overwhelmed by the thought that you need to be in control of every aspect of your life. Whose power and might do you really trust? Human power and might or God's power and might? It'd be so nice if we could plan our future and everything would work out just exactly as we planned it, we love to feel like we're in control, but the truth is we're not, and we never will be. So we need to look to the one who is. One of my favorite songs that Kelly Jewell sings here in church from time to time is His Eyes on the Sparrow. That's a great one, isn't it? Don't you love it when he sings that? It's based on the words that Jesus shared at the Sermon on the Mount. And someone's written a an alternative poem about those words, and it goes like this. It says, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know 
why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. We sure act that way sometimes, don't we? But if his eye is on the sparrow, then I know he watches me. In fact, turn, turn to your neighbor right now and tell him, I know he watches me. Okay? I know he watches me. That's right. Good job. One of the worst pieces of theological advice and comfort I have ever heard, and I bet I've heard it a thousand times, is God will never give you more than you can handle. Right? We've all heard that. Right? There are literally hundreds of stories in the Bible where people had more than they could handle. And God helped them out of that trouble. The very point is we can't do it alone. When we have more than we can handle, we are to turn to God for help. What is Paul's advice? This is really important. Do not be anxious about anything, he says, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There's another interesting poem. This one's about two boxes. It goes like this. It says, I have in my hands two boxes, which God gave me to hold. He said, put all your sorrows in the black and all your joys in the gold. I heeded his words, and in the two boxes, both my joys and sorrows I store. But though the gold became heavier each day, the black was as light as before. With curiosity, I opened the black box. I wanted to find out why, and I saw in the base of the box a hole which my sorrows had fallen by. I showed the hole to God and mused aloud, I wonder where my sorrows could be. He smiled a gentle smile and said, my child, they're all here with me. Ask God, why give me the boxes? Why the gold and the black with the hole? My child, the gold is for you to count your blessings. The black is for you to let go. We're told not to remember our sorrows and pains. And we're told we don't have to carry our burdens alone either. Only when we present our request to God can we not be anxious about anything. By letting the one who is in control of all things take care of our needs, only then can we really be at peace. You ever been swimming in the ocean or, or maybe, maybe even in a swimming pool and you get out farther than you, know, you think you ought to be, right? And, and you start treading water because you, you're just sure you're out over your head and then suddenly um, you put your feet down and you realize, oh, I'm actually on the sand, you know, right? You know, and, and then, uh, then what, how much more comfortable you feel after that? That's what Christ's peace is like. It's a confidence. It's a trust. A belief that everything is actually okay. Paul goes on to say, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All we're told to do is entrust our needs and problems to him, and we'll experience his peace. You see, his peace is not dependent upon the circumstances. The situation may not have changed yet. The issues remain intact. The difficulties still abound, and yet there's peace. Now, how can that be? Well, it's a peace that passes all understanding. No wonder we learn from Jesus in John 14, I do not give to you as the world gives. Receive his peace by faith. It is a gift. Entrust your cares and needs to him. Tell it to Jesus. Receive his peace. Just look at the disciples after they received the peace of Christ, okay? Jesus offered it to them, and then we notice this ginormous change in their lives. 
After his ascension, we saw in the book of Acts, the disciples showed very little worry or fear. In fact, the situation in Acts only gets worse for the disciples. They face greater persecution, yet the disciples show little worry. They preach the gospel with more courage and more confidence. They end up singing songs of joy from prison. Jesus says, this is my peace that I give to you. It's not fake, it's real. Jesus has been persecuted, he's been rejected by his own, he's been betrayed by his own disciple, yet in all these things he still had peace. Why? Because his peace was not in the absence of difficulties, it was in the presence of God. Jesus was completely at peace because he knew that God the Father was with him. He knew his Father was in control. He knew his father would take care of him no matter what, and he knew his father could be trusted. He says to his disciples that he's given to them the same peace. Isn't that great? This is the same peace that you can have. Whatever the difficulties, whatever the circumstances, we can still have the same peace that Jesus experienced. It's not something you have to muster up. Peace is God's gift to you. Let us put our trust in a God who is in control. Pray and leave our burdens with him. And receive the gift of his peace in faith, hope, and love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious, loving Father, we are so anxious, so full of fear, about things going on at work and things going on at home, things going on with the kids, things going on with our parents, things going on in the world. We're so full of worry. Gracious God, pour into us your peace. Give us that confidence. Give us that trust. Give us that knowledge, that hope, that promise, that faith that eliminates all fear. We ask this through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymns is just one of my favorite hymns that we sing. It's in the faith we sing, that supplement to the hymnal. It's 2130. It's called The Summons. Let's stand and sing together.